with a record of 29 wins, no losses. He has 22 wins coming by way of knockout. The reigning, defending, undefeated, Oh, bring it on. The Punch Podcast starts now. You've got Jabin, episode 13 today, and we aren't far away at all from a hell of a fight. Liam Wilson, Mateus Ruida, that is going down in Brisbane at the Convention Centre, June 29. Now, no limit boxing to get all your info, your tickets if you want to get along, but it's going to be live and free on Fox Sports and KO as well. So wherever you are listening to this, definitely take some time out and get onto this fight night because it is huge. It's a stacked card full of talent, some very, very good fighters. Now, we already have heard on this podcast from Paulo Acuso. We have heard from the headline Liam Wilson and there is another person on this card who is going to put on one hell of a show and she joins the Punch Podcast right now. A very big hello to you, Shotgun Shannon O'Connell. Thanks for having me. Well, this is fun. We get to chat all things boxing with you because you're a week away from a huge fight. How are you feeling? I am. I'm, I'm actually feeling really good. Surprisingly, like a week out, you're not normally feeling fresh and good and and it's sort of it's making me go what's going on (laughs) (laughs) what are you normally feeling oh just over it by now like i mean i've it's been a long camp it's a lot of up and downs i've I'm coming back off of what should have been career ending surgery so it's been a lot of up and downs a lot of rehab a lot of stretching and recovery so i would have thought that i'd just be like i'll just hurry up and get me in the ring but I'm, i'm really enjoying the whole process that's good so how long's camp been for you this time around well i've been trying to train since i've was allowed to, but I sort of had a bit of a hiccup and had to have a second surgery. So it's been going flat out for 10 weeks, which is what I normally do for a 10-round fight. But, I mean, it's sort of been on and off most of the year. <laughs> I saw like a full-blown shoulder reconstruction. Is that what happened? So in November, I had a, um, a labrum repair and a full shoulder recon. And then in March, they cleaned it up because it was really inflamed. So it was a second surgery in March. So that would have, I guess, set you back a bit in your head. It hasn't because you're here ready to fight. But I think you're like, oh, no, we just started to get some healing happening and we're going back under the knife again, which for a sport yeah. that you live and die by, it's it's that's not fun to have to face, is it? No, well, you definitely need your shoulders. They need to work. <laughs> so, I mean, and, and people ask me all the time, like, how's it feeling? I'm like, I don't know how to answer that because it's painful but it moves, so I'm happy with that. can deal with the pain as long as I can move it. <laughs> well, one of your major sponsors right. is Pain Away. Just give it a quick spray and you're back in, right? Oh, I'm I'm living with that stuff. Like, it is my life at the moment. Everyone, no one wants to come near me at training because I, I just smell like liniment all the time. Oh, that's amazing. So run me through your opponent, Sarah Higginson. I don't know a great deal about her. I mean, I've seen her before, but I don't know a great deal about her. So tell me what you're facing on June 29. To be honest, I don't know a lot about her. I saw her last fight. I, she comes forward a lot as she's aggressive. I don't. I haven't seen. That's the only bit I've really seen about her. For me, it's um, it's really just about getting in the ring. That's my biggest thing that I'm facing. You know, I would have loved to have been fighting on my comeback fight for a world title, but. It's not the way it works. So um, I don't know a lot about her other than she's aggressive, she's strong, and she was the only person that said yes to the fight out of about 20 people that were asked. It's annoying because I hear plenty of boxers say that, but it's also humbling to know that you're feared enough that no one wants to face you, but it does make things difficult. <laughs> so. It's annoying because they all say, they all say oh, yeah, they, they can beat me, but then yeah. okay to fight. Nope. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, she's obviously backed herself and she was keen, so... Yeah, it's on. 
Well, it's going to be great. Do you know what's amazing? You are walking out for your 30th pro fight. So I guess you must be proud to represent women's boxing at that level and to be able to do it for so long. Yeah, for sure. It's actually, um, it's funny you say that. 19 years ago today, I had my first amateur fight. Wow, 20-year vet. Yeah, it's nearly half my life. <laughs> and you know, and the funny thing about that is I still get so nervous before I fight and I still I'll sit there in the change room and these three lines will come out of my mouth. Whose idea is this? What if I forget what to do? Who throws the first punch? I actually know boxing better than I know most things in my life, but those things will still come into my mind before I fight. Imposter syndrome is <laughs> a real thing in any industry. It's just funny that a fighter suffers it. It's the first time I've heard it. But look, you seem to just work it out when you get there, right? And it's always been it, successful. It's, it's funny because like I'll still be like, I'll be walking walking out like, okay, you're, you're up next. And I'm still sitting there going, shit, what am I doing? What am I, why am I here? What am I doing? And then I play my music and I'm like nearly running to the ring. <laughs> as soon so, as I hear my music play, I'm like, get me out there. <laughs> yeah, that's all you need, right? So maybe just yeah. chuck that through the headphones a little earlier, play your ring walk, get it ready. And then uh, yeah. I, I'd do it every day. I'd have it on my phone ring, the whole lot. <laughs> maybe that's what you need. Like, but look, I'll be having nightmares. My yeah. ring, my, uh, I'll, I'll be having nightmares when I tripped over on the way to the ring or something. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's great to see how successful you have been in the sport. I think looking at something, say, like the Katie Taylor-Amanda Serrano fight at Madison Square Gardens for women's boxing, that was huge. Is, yeah. is, is it pretty awesome to see that sort of level? And I guess finally that sort of recognition because – like realistically, that's probably been somewhat of an uphill battle for you getting that cut through. Yeah, absolutely. That was huge, and it, and it was a great fight as well. So they like no, like neither girl disappointed. So um, that was massive for Australia, for for women's boxing. Um, but I mean, people still sort of look at that and go, oh, like you know, they're finally making it. But you know, like the the girls got like they got six figure pays, but that's the equivalent of your Floyd Mayweather versus Manny Pacquiao, who were not just getting a meal. So we're still quite far behind, but it's good to see that we're slowly getting there. And look, you're ranked number one in the world by the WBA, so things are shaping up. So like you said, you wanted your next fight to be a world title fight. You will be facing Sarah Higginson in a week's time from now, but we've got an Aussie Ebony Bridges that holds a belt in your weight class yeah. as well. Are you eyeing off her? I'm actually ranked number one in the IBF as well, which is her belt. So, you know, hopefully that can be forced to happen. I know that she won't fight me out of choice. So um, hopefully uh, somewhere along the lines, it, it, it'll be forced. Um, being the number one, surely I can be made mandatory yeah. sooner rather than later. Her options then will literally be fight me or vacate. Well, maybe there's a little bit of luck there where Eddie Hearn's doing some matchroom fights here and all he wants to see is big Australian fights. What's bigger than the number one mandatory and the world champ with the belt? So fingers yeah, crossed absolutely. they want to put that card on. It's a Queensland card as well that he's doing. So it, it would be huge if, if they made it. But I mean, at this point, from what I've heard, there's no intention of having her on the card. So that's a bit disappointing. Yeah, well, he seems to be booking a few, so <laughs> hopefully yeah. that's soon. And look, we're really, we're 10-2s, it's what, 25 minutes, we'll be fine, just squeeze it in. Yeah, easy, it's not, <laughs> like just knock someone else off, we'll be fine. It's, yeah. it's, it's ba the Battle of Brisbane back again. And who wouldn't want the 2021 Female Fighter of the Year? That was yours, wasn't it? Uh, 2020, yeah, I'm sort of lost with years at the moment. No, I, I think Beck Hawker got it for last year and I got it the year before. Oh. But they actually gave it to me last year, but it was for the year before. Oh, well, there you go. Still good to get the nod. Yeah, that was cool. And um, yeah, to finally be getting recognised for all the hard work that 
us girls put in. It's been amazing. You've also signed to some new management, which is good. So for those that don't know, Glenn Jennings, he looks after Tim and Nikita Zoo, and he was also right there the whole way through Kostya Zoo's career. A lot of knowledge, a lot of direction for you. Has that gone a long way for you? I know he's turned you into a full-time athlete now, which is great. So how's that been? Yeah, oh, it's been absolutely amazing. Um, to, to have management and a team that want for me in the sport what I want, it's something I've been lacking. And definitely, um, it's been huge. Like the way they, the, just the way, the, the experiences that I've had even just so far and the way they all hold themselves and, and deal with things. And it's just so professional. It's sort of unheard of. Like, I mean, there's professional boxing and then there's the way they hold things. It, it's a whole nother level. And they've seen it all before. So any requests or any, like you said, you're trying to get something happening with Ebony Bridges, they've probably got good ways in their minds of how they can try and make this happen outside of the norm, just sitting back and waiting for a mandatory maybe. Glenn and Matt and, and everybody's working on making things happen, whether it's with her or with someone else, but um, I do believe that I'll be world champion by the end of the year. That's good. Nothing like walking around at Christmas with a shiny new world title <laughs> belt. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I wouldn't take it off. Down the beach, <laughs> walking through the like Gold Coast. Like it's here in Queensland. Yeah. Just go down the mall there, just yeah. up and down with the kids, going Christmas shopping with a world title belt, yeah. whatever you need to do. So what got you into boxing? Because it is, a, I guess, a, for anyone, guys and girls, it's a, it is a, an odd sport to sort of just want to take because it's such a lonely sport. A lot of kids get pushed into team environments, but those that break away and, and, and do this, what was the catalyst originally to get you into boxing? My grandparents actually got me into it. Um, I grew up in South Australia and I was starting to go down the wrong road, which is a road that I was sort of raised around. My grandparents took me down to the local boxing gym, who was the owner of that Terry Fox race speedway with my dad. So that's how my grandparents knew him. And I think I just got hooked on how hard it was. And then it was literally like, it was just the, the whole challenge of it. And it became like an addiction. And yeah, I, I won my first Australian title as an amateur out of Adelaide and then met my Queensland coach Chris McCullen on a camp in 2004 and I learned so much off him that I moved to Queensland about six months, oh, probably not even, probably about six weeks later <laughs> and it sort of started from there. And then you've just been in the grind ever since and uh, now you're a full-time fighter and you're on the big cards now. <laughs> yes, it's awesome and like people keep saying to me, oh, when are you going to retire? I'm like, well, I'm not going to retire now that all my hard work's just paying off. I've just like, got a brand new shoulder. I'm not ready yet. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, exactly. But I mean, you know, like I've always, it's funny, I've always said, oh, I don't drink and party and stuff. So, you know, I don't, like, I think I'm stringing my words together pretty well. So I thought when my body gives up on me, then my shoulder injury happened. I went, nah, nah, it's all right. You don't run on your shoulder. That's fine. I'll just get no, a new one and it. off we go. Yeah. And I actually do need a replacement once I retire. Yeah, They've well, already told me. Well, there you go. You're already halfway there. Yeah. Well, you are about to enter your final week now for your next fight. What does the last seven days of preparation look like for you? Uh, well, I had my last spa today. I've got my last strength session tomorrow. Um, and then it's just a tapering, yeah, getting my weight right, which is really good at the moment. So it's just waiting to countdown, <laughs> sharpening up, refreshing. Just wishing you could eat everything in sight. I hate peas with a passion. But when it comes to fight week and you're hungry, I'm like, oh, how good do those teeth look? Do you get frozen ones so you can suck on them a little bit like lollies? That's what I'd be no, doing. <laughs> no, not a chance. Frozen peas have been part of my recovery on my shoulder. Of shoulders. course. Yeah. <laughs> They're usually my help that goes along with pain away. But no, I'll uh, yeah. have them for lunch today. Well, that's amazing. Yeah, We're no. looking forward to seeing you back in the ring. And it's great to see that you're, you've recovered and you can fight again. Because like you said, it could have been career ending. Was there any moments in that that 
you thought potentially you might not be back or you're pretty focused that it will be all right? Only about a thousand of those moments, yeah. but they never last long. <laughs> you do that in the sheds before you go out, remember? So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My life is a roller coaster. Well, it seems to be going all right for you now, and we look forward to seeing you back in action. Uh, only a week away, you're going to be in Brizzy, uh, flying the yep. home flag, punching some faces in, getting ready for a world title fight. Do you still have shotgun boxing? You had your own gym, yeah? I did have, but I actually sold it earlier this year. All right, so you are completely... <laughs> I am, yeah, there's nothing. Well, I mean, I've got three kids, so yeah. I mean, that they they always come first, so I'm not a complete full-time athlete, but one of my full-time jobs is gone, and now I've only got two. <laughs> How does that go with kids at school when they do, oh, my mum uh, works in IT, my dad's a builder, oh, my mum fights? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's funny because my there's a few teachers that follow boxing at my son's school. <laughs> and um, when we were in Minneapolis for Tim's fight earlier this year, one of my son's teachers passed him for work that he didn't even do because he was a boxing fan. And I probably shouldn't say that because he might hear it. <laughs> I'm sure he emailed it in and, and it was all fine and uh, he worked well, really hard. It was hard. like woodwork, so there was not a chance he did it. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to give you a, a bit of a bit of a leap there to get to, to bring it back, but look, hey, what well, P's get degrees, that's all we care about. And uh, mum's yeah. around the world kicking ass, so that's all we also care about as well. So that's really, really funny, actually. And uh, I haven't thought about that. How do they go when you uh, do go to fight? Or, and, and this goes, for, I guess, for, for anyone. Like, at times, you end up walking out of there with, with a couple of punches visible. Are they okay with that? Oh, yeah, they've always been pretty good. Like, the other two, they sort of grew up around it. They didn't really know any different. Um, my my youngest one, he's not seen me really with black eyes because I've moved ahead a little bit more than I did 10 years ago. But I, I think there was one black eye I had, and he was like, oh, kiss it better, mummy. And, yeah, he, he's good. Yeah, he, he doesn't like it. I, I really, I'm really keen to get a photo with him because he hasn't been to my last couple of fights but he doesn't do sweat so I feel like if I try and cuddle him after my fight he's going to cry <laughs> well I look forward to the world title belt being at show and tell there's nothing cooler yes, than that definitely thanks for stopping by the punch podcast shotgun Shannon O'Connell you can catch her in action June 29 that's only a week away on Fox Sports KO go to the fight if you're in Brizzy it's going to be great. So all the best and look, we'll definitely be watching and we're sure of a victory. It's going to be great. Thank you so much for having me. Legend, thank you. Well, there you go. That's going to wrap up the Punch Podcast for today. That was fun. Shannon O'Connell on Instagram is Shotgun78. So jump on her socials and keep right across that world title campaign, which as she's predicting and fingers crossed, we might get by the end of the year. So that'd be good to have another world champ in Aussie boxing. Her undercard looks damn good. So next week, Liam Wilson and Mateo Ruida are the main event, but you've also got Justin Hodges, Ben Hannett, Paul Alcuso, Robert Berridge, Shannon O'Connell and Sarah Higginson, who we've spoken about, and uh, Ben Hussain and Wes Kappa. So a stacked card. You'll see it on Fox Sports. You can get some tickets at nolimitboxing.com.au. Jump on there. Check their socials as well because this fight night's going to be damn good and it's not too far away. So June 29, depending on when you're listening to this. This is The Punch Podcast. My name is Jabin. Thanks for listening. Flick back through a few episodes. I've had some great chats with Ben Damon, Paul Alcuso, Liam Wilson, George Rose. I also just spoke recently to Eddie Hearn, who's got plans to do some matchroom boxing fights here in Australia. He's announced one. If you haven't heard about it, you'll find all the info on that if you have a flick through the recent episodes. But that is the Punch Podcast, and I'll see you next time. 